Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Cedar Valley Church. My name is Rob. And I'm Douglas. And we're here to get the service started with you this morning. All right. If this is your first time joining us, we would love to get to know you better. Yeah. So how about letting us know by just um, give us a shout at hello at cedarvalley.ca and make a comment online. Yeah, for sure. The best way is to stay informed, actually, about things going on in our community is by following us on Facebook, Instagram, or by signing up for our weekly newsletter email at cedarvalley.ca. And if you've been impacted by any of our services, spread the news, hit that share button, and invite your friends to join you for church right here. Hit that share button. So a couple of announcements to keep you informed. We are so thankful for your ongoing support of the ministry of Cedar Valley Church through uh, your time, your prayers, uh, your helping out at the church, your financial commitment and generosity, like all that goes to help make all of this happen and so much more in our weekly ministries. If you've come prepared to give this morning, you can do that online at cedarvalley.ca slash give. Or if you're on campus, there are some tables set up at the back of the worship center. All right. Now, just a few things that are happening this month here in October at Cedar Valley. Uh, youth is postponed this week. It is, for a good reason though. Yeah, not a bad reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good reason. Our youth pastor had a baby. Yeah, yeah it's good. Grant and Leslie, they've got just a wonderful little one. <laughs> and you're going to get to meet her real soon. All right, so stay tuned. Uh, but with that in mind, Grant's taking a little bit of a break to hang out with his family. We need some help in the youth, so if that's you, give us a call. You can actually call him directly. He'll probably answer, and uh, let's get youth going again with a little bit of extra help. Also, Cedar Valley kids could use some more leaders Wednesday night, Sunday morning. Love to hear from them. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Uh, we do want to also let you know that there is a special general meeting on Sunday, October 24th at 7 p.m. at the church where you can come and be uh, informed and updated on what's going on with our uh, preschool, which is going to be, it's pretty cool. You're bringing that. Yeah. And I'm going to bring some pieces around the updating of our bylaws and our governance. So we're looking forward to a really good discussion. So that is Sunday, October 24th at 7 p.m. Mark your calendars. For sure. And to prepare for that, watch uh, your email for our weekly newsletter. There's a bit in there about the potential proposal for our preschool. And uh, so make sure you check that out. Also, Halloween is actually near. Yeah. It's not that far away. That's right. And so we wanted you to consider the opportunity that you have to connect with your neighbors, your mm -hmm. community where you live, on how you can bless them. We've got some ideas here at the church. We're going to let them know in just a week or two, right? Yeah, yeah we will, but for sure. In mind, great time and way to connect. Yeah, can yeah. I maybe open up a... Open us up in prayer at this point? That would be great. Let's do it. Yeah. Hi, Father. Thanks for this time together online this morning. Thank you for the worship pieces, the things going on here, the teaching, what we're doing uh, for our kids and, and for our adults otherwise. We look forward to a morning where we just sort of uh, move in and, and, and listen and learn and participate and, and worship you. And uh, we... We welcome you into that space with us and acknowledge that you are God and worthy of our worship. So would you come and inhabit that with us and guide us along in it. Encourage us where we need to be encouraged 
and challenge us where we need to be challenged. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, we're going to continue with the service right now in worship through singing. The uh, song is going to be on the screen. Words are going to be there too. And just join in, living room, deck, wherever you are. Uh, let's worship God together. Yeah, and then after that, we've got a special lesson for the kids. All about being thankful. Ah, it's Thanksgiving weekend, so it good is. call. Yeah. yeah. If you're interested in interactive materials being sent to you, each week for kids and parents to engage in some activities and conversations about faith together, contact Pastor Doug. Here we go. Yeah, Douglas at cedarvalley.ca. And then right after our special kind of kids story, uh, Pastor Rob is going to be bringing us a message in our series on mission, vision, and values. And today, the focus is going to be on the vision of the church. Church, what is our vision and how are we going to bring that about, right? Yeah, which relates actually to this church campus. So yeah. we've got a question for you to consider. We love we this go. question. This is, yeah. this is Doug's yeah. question. That's yeah. a really good so. question. So here it is. Um, what's the last, do you want to ask it? Go ahead. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, if you've been hanging out here at Cedar Valley at all, what is the last thing or maybe the only thing that you have broken here at Cedar Valley? Maybe nobody knows about it up until this point, but tell us. And you were thinking of a good idea follow-up? Yeah, we'll send the invoice. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, Korea. 
Christ alone my hope is found he is my life my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are still when striving cease my comforter my all in all here in the love of christ i stand
Hey there, Cedar Valley kids. It is great to be with you again today. This weekend is, shout it out really loud, maybe I can hear you. Yeah, that's right, Thanksgiving weekend. You know what, we've got a great story from the book of Luke, chapter 17, about being thankful. Check it out. This is Thankful, the Thankful Leper. This is Jesus. hey who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Jesus did many amazing things while he was on earth. It's true. One day, he was traveling to Jerusalem and was going through a village when ten men who had leprosy came to him. Now in the time Jesus lived, leprosy was a terrible sickness that could be caught very easily. Because of this, people with leprosy were sent outside of the places that they lived. They were called unclean, and no one wanted to be close to them. Ah, gross! But when these men who had leprosy saw Jesus coming, Hey, Jesus! They called out to him and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus saw them and said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were healed and had leprosy no more. Whoa, when one of the men saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! Oh yeah, praise God! He thanked Jesus for what he had done. Aww. Hmm. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this Samaritan? Looks like it. Then Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Thank you. And so the man was healed because he had faith and he was thankful for what Jesus had done for him. <laughs> wow, wasn't that amazing? All these guys, they got healed. Leprosy was horrible. And they were clean. Now... I wonder, it says, they went away or they walked away to go show the priests at the temple. You think they just kind of walked along? Or do you think they were jumping and maybe somersaults and backflips? How cool was that? They were healed. But nine out of ten didn't even think to be thankful for what Jesus has done. Wow. You know, sometimes we get so busy and so excited about what's happening that maybe we might forget to be thankful as well. But, you know what? Hopefully this is a good lesson that we will always take the time to say thanks to your mom, to your dad, your brother, your sister, somebody in your family, somebody at school, maybe a neighbor, um, and especially to God. Thanks, God, for all that you do for us. Great. We'll see you next week.
Good morning, Cedar Valley, and happy Thanksgiving. And that's to the point, actually. Probably a month or so ago, we prayed for two couples here at the church who were expecting babies, and they've had them both recently. And so we are super thankful for the happy and safe and healthy arrival of baby Jane Weeb, and now joining her baby, Adia Miller. And so let me just start this morning and maybe invite you into, as we think about Thanksgiving weekend, what you're thankful for. And uh, I tried this actually on my way to uh, work this week. I tried a Thanksgiving prayer going through all the letters of the alphabet. It's a half hour drive and it was, it was delightful uh, and consumed that entire half hour going A to Z. So whatever that might look like for you, I'm going to invite you to, with me, just pray and give thanks. Father, thanks for this day. Thanks for that breath you just gave me and the life you give me. Thanks for the people in my life that love me and I get to love. Thank you that this is one of the ways that you show your love to me clearly. But beyond that and all the time, I'm so thankful that you loved me through your son who gave his life for me to forgive me of my sin and heal me whole and bring me back into right relationship with you so that I can live with you and your spirit in me this life, partnering in the great things that you have stored up in advance for me to do. And then into the next life where we'll just get to know, uh, you know all about me, where I'll just get to know you and enjoy you all the more deeply. Thank you, Father, for uh, the things that we're thinking in our own hearts and minds on screen. May we pause and say thank you, as we are doing now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we've begun a teaching series on the positional statements of the church, our mission, vision, and values. Or to put it differently, our purpose, our future, and how we want to behave on the way towards that future. Last Sunday, we talked about the mission of the church. In fact, I challenged you to memorize it because having it roll around our brains and in our hearts can help us apply it with our mouths and our hands and our feet. So first to type into the chat, who can tell me what our updated mission statement is as a church will win a prize, a Tim Hortons gift card. So go. If this was your answer, then I'll be dropping by your place if you were the first to hand you the Tim Hortons gift card. Follow Jesus, love people, invite others to do the same. So by way of just tracking, uh, let me ask you, how well did you follow Jesus this past week? Was, uh, was it something you did or said or didn't do or didn't say 
that was based entirely on your relationship with Jesus? I can't help but illustrate this question, actually, or a kind of answer to it, with a Bible reading that I engaged in my quiet time this week. David, not yet king, but would be king eventually, and his 600 men returned to Ziklag, that's such a fun word to say, to find their settlement there burned to the ground and their families taken with property as well by the Amalekites. Needless to say, David was extremely ticked off this happened. Then he asked God if he and his men could catch up to the Amalekites. If they could, would God give them victory? And God gave David the green light. So off they went in pursuit of those Amalekites. At some time, though, in that journey, 200 of the 600 men with David, they just couldn't go any further because they were, they were just flat out exhausted. So they stayed and they protected the supplies. The remaining 400 men pressed on, caught up, and a day and a half later of fighting, they were victorious. They recovered their families and property and even added some livestock as loot. Here's where it gets a little sticky though in the story. The 400 men who battled complained that the 200 who didn't shouldn't get any share of the loot, which makes kind of sense, right? They, they didn't do the work, so why should they get the pay? But this is what David said. No, my brothers, you must not do that with what the Lord has given us. He, the Lord, has protected us and handed over to us the forces that came against us. The share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went down to the battle. Do you see it? David first consulted God, then he gave God credit because that is what a follower of God. That is what a follower of Jesus does, by example. Let me continue to ask, how well did you love this past week? Did you dial into what someone else needed from you that worked for them to feel like they've been loved well by you? Sort of along maybe the five languages line of thinking. Did you give somebody your time or attention or help who maybe didn't really deserve it? Did you love somebody without any strings attached to it this week? And then, how well did you invite others into exploring a relationship with Jesus this past week? Did you listen well to someone to hear what's going on in their life and offer some hope from yours? Did you share an encouraging Bible verse maybe with someone? Or did you invite someone to join you in a Bible study or a seminar or a support group or a time of prayer? Like we have all those kinds of things meeting on campus this fall. The Sistine Chapel explained on Monday nights, really cool educational piece outlining the wonder of the Sistine Chapel as it relates to how God adores us. There's Bible study fellowship and freedom sessions on Tuesday nights. And there's Cedar Valley kids and youth and prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. Now, 
I'm asking all of you these things, not to make you feel badly about what you may have done or didn't do or said or didn't say, but to invite you and to continue to invite you into a deeper and richer and more mature relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's a question I found helpful as I consider how well I'm tracking with Jesus along the same lines of your, our mission statement. How am I trending? Am I more faithfully following Jesus this week than last week or last month or even last year? Am I more loving today than I was yesterday morning or afternoon or evening? Am I inviting more people to explore a relationship with Jesus these days than I used to? Yeah, I mean, you get the picture, right? Trending. How are you trending? If you're not sure, because it can be a pretty subjective measure, right? Ask someone who loves you and knows you how they see you trending. And here's a helpful way to look at it uh, from a friend who is the Canadian women's national golf coach, what she calls her feedback loop. Really briefly, feedback loop is this, good, better, how. Tell me something I've done well, something I've done good. It's bad grammar, but you get the point. Tell me something I might do better might be related even, and then share a thought on how to do that something better. For example, I might say to a friend, you're really good at seeing solutions to problems. Good. I think that the challenge for you is to figure out a way to share your thoughts in a way that will be received well more often than not. Better. So that's the challenge. I have found, and here's the how, I have found that framing things in questions is often more easily received than framing them as imperatives. And sometimes that advice is for me, by the way. <laughs> okay, that's the mission check-in. We're looking at vision this morning. As I said last Sunday, if mission is the purpose of the church, then vision is the direction. Now, to give us a sense of what I mean by vision, it is this, a vision is an idealistic picture of the future. It is appropriate for the church and for the times. It clarifies purpose and it sets direction. It inspires enthusiasm and it encourages commitment. It's not detailed and it's not loaded up with a whole bunch of specific measurables. Here are some of the phrases you used last fall at our Mission Vision Values Workshop to describe the vision or what maybe you thought vision would be at Cedar Valley Church. On fire for Jesus. Believers with a firm foundation. Passionate people. A community of healthy families being okay with some persecution because of our faith. Building believers and welcoming those who aren't yet believers to be well known in the community. Again, all good stuff. But if we use the definition qualifiers I just shared to evaluate these phrases, so these qualifiers right here, some of them are idealistic, the statements that we pulled together last fall, some are pragmatic, 
They don't necessarily focus on the strengths of the church or the needs in the community. They are hard to track and make it difficult to focus the collective energy and gifts of the church towards a unified goal because they are really multi-directional. Even still, the transition team got to work with these things in mind that you shared last fall because what? Where there's no vision, the people perish, right? The title of this message, the people perish. Well, let's take a look at that verse for a, a second here. It's found in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It's one of those, one of those verses that we quote and it actually comes from a King James version of the verse. And it reads, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Love that word, keepeth. So let's keepeth on going here with each other to check this out. The word vision here means a dream or a revelation or a prophecy. And, and the word perish here means to cast off restraints or to expose or to loosen. So taken together, this verse seems to suggest that when we don't listen to and apply what God might be saying to us through his word, his spirit, the community of faith, then we cast off God's guidance and we make ourselves vulnerable to the consequences of going our own way, which I think is true for individuals, but I also think it's true for communities of faith. I also think the solution is the same for both. Keepeth the law. Now, keeping the law for our spiritual ancestors for whom that text was written in Proverbs, the Israelites, it would have meant following and trusting and holding to the stories and character and guidance as found in the first five books of the Old Testament. But since Jesus is the Bible in the flesh and the risen Lord, and since God gave us the Holy Spirit to point us to Jesus and to remind us of all that is true, and since the church is a people who would be able to test and approve, quoting from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, test and approve the will of God together, then to keepeth the law looks different for us these days. In short, it means that we will be happy, to quote from King James, blessed is probably better, when we keep God's directives from the Bible, when we consider and emulate the life of Jesus Christ, and when we discern the will of God through his spirit, especially as a community of faith. This is how the transition team set about to do its work, by sharing the word of God with each other, by praying together, and by listening to the congregation and to each other on the team. So that this is your updated vision statement. That the people of mission would know, see, and feel our passionate love for Jesus as we offer up our church campus as a versatile, affordable, faith-based community center open to the city. As I shared at our recent town hall meeting, here's what the transition team heard from you and what the team was thinking. 
that the church's legacy stories, your stories of ministry impact, have often been centered around the church building or come from meeting together in it. For instance, the building of the church itself brought people together. The visit to Bethlehem Christmas program, the sponsorship of missionaries, the sponsorship of refugee families, the quilt ministry, funerals and weddings, block parties, and the card playing home of our Punjabi papas when it gets cold. That Cedar Valley Church has strong emotional ties to the church campus. Lots of good memories and significant spiritual milestones. That it's an underutilized church campus. That the church buildings are a gift from God. That the church can offer up in service of our community as a gift to the community. That the vision of the church should be a big picture practical extension of our love for Jesus. And that's why the statement starts off the way it does. That the vision of the church should capitalize on a core strength of the church, which is the campus itself. Like there's such enormous potential. That it'd be really cool if Cedar Valley Church was known in town as that church, that beacon on the hill to quote one of you, who offers up good, clean, versatile spaces to rent at affordable rates and who are super good to work with. That having short and long-term rentals actually has the added value of helping us with the costs of building, maintenance, and renovation. That offering up on-campus spaces for short and long-term rentals creates points of contact in the community that would not happen otherwise that this is a super practical form of corporate outreach, first conversations with lots of people who are just simply not church people. That Cedar Valley Church, and this is where I'll stop listing those points in particular, is a church. It's not a rec center, which means this, that you will need to keep doing some things as church, and you will need to think about and pray about how you will be part of making this offering into the community more than just a rec center experience. So you will keep gathering for worship. You will keep meeting for Bible studies and discipleship and fellowship. You will keep practicing baptism and communion. You will keep doing weddings and memorials. You will keep developing local and global partnerships. You will keep sharing the gospel by word and by deed with your neighbors. And then imagine you could develop a host team who could meet and greet renters, orient them to the building and their space, check in on them, make sure they have everything they need, Pray with them, do follow-up, send thank you cards and Christmas cards, have a gift in the room upon arrival, make cakes for our AA and NA groups that are meeting on campus when they celebrate someone who has gone a long season of overcoming their addiction. You could develop a prayer team who could pray weekly for the ministries and the rentals 
on campus, do a weekly prayer walk around the campus, and maybe even contact people renting the spaces, with their permission, of course, to ask how you might pray for them. You could put Bible verses on the doors and walls to keep the Bible before people as they come and go from your campus. You could develop a cleaning team, people who would love to clean and who are gifted at it to be part of a rotation of people working with Diego, who see keeping things clean for renters as a gift of service to them. You could develop a security team, people who would systematically drive by and check on the church building or people who could put on a church-branded, really cool fluorescent safety vest with a matching halogen flashlight and walk the beat. You could develop a landscaping team, people who would love to architect outdoor spaces and maintain them, people who love to plant flowers, maybe even a community garden. Oh my, the possibilities. Here's what we think God's been up to as the transition team has been shaping this vision based on your input. We have expanded our rental and relationship with the community and blood services. We are hosting Bible study fellowship on Tuesday nights. We will have an autism connection group meeting on Mondays. We have two Narcotics Anonymous groups now meeting on campus. Two Alcoholics Anonymous groups meeting on campus as well. We have a community fitness class meeting twice a week in the lower auditorium. Our Punjabi Papas are meeting again in the fireside room. A dance fit class is starting up on Monday nights in our lower auditorium this month. We had a Stratas AGM on campus at the end of September. We have a church plant meeting on Sunday mornings in our old sanctuary, which I think is really cool. We hosted the Mission Health Auxiliary Society, that's a mouthful, AGM. And they are further looking to rent out space for their monthly meetings. A Punjabi United Worker, United Way Worker, pardon me, named Archie, who was recommended to us, by the way, by our Punjabi Papas, will be hosting a cooking and nutrition class for diabetics in our lower auditorium as soon as possible. We were a polling station, of course, for the recent federal election, and we have had three different organizations express interest in renting the center building to expand childcare services that are so badly needed in our community preschool, daycare, and after school care. This, that, that list there has all come our way as the leadership team and the transition team have been thinking about and praying about where God might be leading the church. And we just don't think that's a coincidence actually that we've been praying and hoping and thinking and that's been brought our way. That the people of mission would know, see, and feel our passionate love for Jesus as we offer up our church campus as a versatile, affordable, faith-based community center open to the city. Let's remind ourselves of those definition qualifiers. A vision is an idealistic picture of the future. It is appropriate for the church and for the times. It clarifies purpose, sets direction, inspires enthusiasm, and encourages commitment. This updated vision statement clarifies our purpose and it sets direction. It is linked to the mission statement with a practical application of love. It is clear and yet it gives room to imagine, to be idealistic 
as I just did with you. It capitalizes on the campus God has given us to share with others so that it is appropriate for the church and it allows us to meet real needs in the community like childcare and expanding it so that it is appropriate for the times. It inspires because it is much bigger than any one of us. It creates the gap necessary between what we can do on our own and what we can do with God so that we would give him the credit he deserves. Just like David. There's been a story every week this fall about how opening up our campus in service of the community has been a blessing to our community, but also a blessing to us. Here's what it looked like this week. I met with one of our Narcotics Anonymous leaders on campus this week because her group size has outgrown the space we had originally rented to them. So we scoped out the lower auditorium, imagined what it could look like for her with tables and chairs, and decided that it would be the perfect place for her and her group. They began meeting downstairs this past Tuesday. We began to talk about addictions, how they affect people inside and outside of the church at times. We talked about all kinds of addictions, but mostly we talked about our addiction to food, mine included, how we sometimes eat when we're not hungry, sometimes eat too much, sometimes eat like junior high students. Then she said to me, Rob, it's all about surrender. She went on to say, I, I used to walk into churches for group, super angry, angry about the church in my past. But now I walk into churches for group and I'm reminded that I get into trouble when I don't surrender my days to God. But she that keepeth the law, happy is she. Cedar Valley Church, God has given you this campus as a gift to share with your neighbors as well as each other. The question is, how do you want to get involved? And to that end, in a moment, we have two discussion questions that uh, John and I are going to tackle together, so stay tuned for that. But let me pray for us again, and we'll get right back to that. Father, ooh, maybe to, to end where I started, it's with thanksgiving to say thank you for the people of Cedar Valley Church, who over 80 years have with you partnered to build this really cool campus. Thank you that it's been a place where all kinds of great things have happened in the name of Jesus. Thank you that it has been a place for each other, but it has been also a, a place for people who don't go to church actually can come. And we are stepping into that, that latter sense even more these days because you've given that to us. Help us to get through that. Help us to know what our part might be in it. Help us to be energized by the prospect of, oh yeah, like helping out here so we can help out with our, our community. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hang tight. All right. Hey, welcome back, Cedar Valley. Uh, John with me. I'm still here. We have this first question behind us. This is sort of our ongoing effort. Thanks for that, Vanna. This is sort of our ongoing effort to, to dig in and try to keep this 
like relevant and put mm -hmm. some shoe leather on the teaching because as I was told years ago, there is no learning if there's no application. Just remembering mm -hmm. stuff and learning, oh, that's an interesting fact, it's okay, but when you apply it, that's real learning. So yeah. here we go. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, um, you know, going through school, it's like learning something and finding the best ways to apply it is actually that showcases your learning. Yeah, but well, I, and that's, that's from a guy who's now in his first year of university, first weeks of university. Yes. <gasps> we'll talk about that later. Well, we have okay. talked about that. Let's get to the question though. Okay. So let me ask you, what significant ministry have you been involved in on the, on the campus here and how did it affect you? Um, yeah, so before I was doing AV tech stuff at the church, um, I was uh, ushering for a little while. Um, and um, yeah, that was really good. That was a really good like connection point with a lot of people in the church that I wasn't really connected with before. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was really good. And yeah, I think it did a lot of good things for me and it was like it was a good like different routine in church too I mm, think, mm -hmm. as to what like my role is and what I was doing and when mm -hmm. um, yeah so I think I think it is definitely a good thing to like try out different roles in the church and, yeah. Like, yeah yeah I, I think the church is a great place to explore things because mm -hmm. you've got a, a community of faith behind there going go for it you're doing great it's pretty yeah. encouraging pretty safe actually uh, how about how about the tech side? How about that? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that's something I'm more. Um, I've like I've done outside of church. I haven't ushered outside of church a whole lot, um, <laughs> but tech stuff I have, and so yeah, that was a really good opportunity, and I'm still doing it. Yeah, you're on so. front of the camera now, but you were behind the camera moments ago. Yes. Thanks for doing both of these things. Yeah. You were asking me, well, what, what about you? Right? Yeah. And so I was, I was Rolodexing that, okay, I was going through my mind and there's been so many good things, but in the pandemic there, there was like less things possible on campus. Mm -hmm. But one of my favorite memories was our signs, uh, Stations of the Cross uh, on Good mm -hmm. Friday. Yeah. And that drive through. Yeah, that was solid, eh? Yeah. And it, it, it was meaningful for me because it just, it's the Stations of the Cross. But how it affected me beyond it drawing me into a reflective sort of response uh, to Good Friday uh, was it, it allowed me, and it, it was early still for me, uh, to get to know people a little bit, to see their faces. They're in cars, yeah. and we were practicing all the protocols at the time, but it was like, oh yeah, okay, okay, now put that name of that face. Oh, it's so good to see you. like that. That was good. It was, it was a warm relational thing for me. Yeah, totally. So that's how it affected me. Here's the second question. Are you ready? Yes. All right. How do you see yourself getting involved in offering up the Cedar Valley campus in service of the people of mission? Yeah. Um, well, continuing to do tech stuff, I can do that. Um, I plan on doing that whenever the help for that needs to be done. I mean, um, Sunday mornings when like if we have live worship or you know a live speaker or something like that like i'm usually in the back i do really enjoy doing that so yeah i'll keep doing that i am now post-graduation technically not a youth group student <laughs> but i am still doing almost everything with the youth group nice um, a little bit more of a leadership role and i think that's um like a junior leader yeah yeah well both of those there's 
community youth coming, community students coming, and the online stuff going out into our community for anyone who wants to check that out, right? Yeah. So that's awesome, man. That's, that's really good. I can tell you for, for this week, actually, what it looked like for me to offer up uh, our campus as sort of this space to bless others, there's actually been someone uh, that's been sleeping in their car in our parking lot uh, through different nights of the week recently. And I think our initial are just like, oh, that, that's, that's wrong, that shouldn't happen. And there's liabilities around that and all that. And, I, and that's fair, right? So I actually had a chance to go and talk to this young man this week. And he came in for a coffee with me. And uh, we'll sit down further and, and talk about how to protect him and protect us from those liabilities. But I, I, it was interesting as I, as I pulled up and I saw his car there parked, uh, I said, Jesus, what do you want me to do with this? And he just said, why don't you just go over and introduce yourself and, and start that conversation? Because you know what? I think that's actually what Jesus would do. Yeah. So that's what we did. We had a coffee, tough story, tough, tough story. Uh, so I think that's the kind of things we can do. And I think that's the kind of things Jesus would do if we are following him. So, and we are. So, yeah. any last thoughts? Uh, no. Me neither. Yeah, God bless you, Cedar Valley. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday.